Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Hi, mamas. This is Lacey Broussard here, and today we have special guest Lauren Venable. She's an energy healer and a mama, and she's going to talk to us about um, her business and her practice and her product line that she offers, and we're also going to talk about um, how being a radiant mama is all about an inner game today as well. So Lauren, could you tell us a little bit about your life and what you do? And who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mom, and um, having my little boy is actually the whole thing that brought me into all of this work. I, uh, you know, I'd been, I married my high school sweetheart. We got pregnant, we had a baby, and my whole life just <laughs> in the best way and in the worst way. I, um, I had already lost myself in my marriage, so I had no idea who I was. I had no idea um, how to take care of myself. Taking care of myself had never been a thing for me. It had never been important. My whole life had revolved around how to make other people happy. And then I had this baby, and he wouldn't sleep, and he wouldn't gain weight, and it was... Um, it was a lot. I had so much anxiety that I was a nervous wreck to the point that I couldn't even do the easy things. Like I couldn't keep up with the laundry. I couldn't, I would stand in my closet to get dressed and I wouldn't even know, I couldn't make the decision of like, like what to put on my body. And I would just burst into tears in my closet over getting dressed. I couldn't decide what to cook for dinner. And so I just wouldn't cook dinner. And I would spend my whole days like in this state of like paralysis of, I had no idea who I was. I had no idea how to cope with the massive amount of stress I was under. And so I kind of just froze there. I put on a lot of weight. I got really depressed and my mind was just, so, I was so anxious. I don't even know how to describe it. I was in a well, like I could not be reached. And so obviously my marriage started to fall apart around that. We already had our issues before we had a kid, but definitely that was, a catalyst. I didn't know how to support him and I didn't know how to support myself. I didn't know how to support this child. And I had no idea that it was because I was so deeply disconnected from myself. I blamed him. I blamed my husband, which only made everything so much more miserable. And I didn't speak up to people about how much my little boy overwhelmed me. And so, uh, it was like this secret for two years. And then I finally started getting some counseling and come to find out my counselor was an energy healer. And so she really brought me back to me. She guided me back to myself through um, helping me figure out who I am and finding that inner voice. And so now my passion and my work is helping moms through that same journey. And I guide and support them along the way to just rediscovering who they are and what makes them feel whole and happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So is that's how you got into energy healing then? Did you mm -hmm. have some, did you have any sort of postpartum depression or postpartum issues? Yes. Yeah, so my postpartum depression was 
intense. <laughs> like, and I, I, I never told anyone about it. And so I would have these flashes of what if I left him outside? And this was, it was a cold winter that winter. he's almost four now, like it snowed like twice that winter. And I would just, it would flash across my mind and I'd be like, who just thought that, you know? And I was like, the last thing I could do is tell somebody, or I'd think about what if I put a pillow on him, you know? And I was horrified that I was having these thoughts. And I already felt like I was failing because I was trying to breastfeed and he was losing weight. I was trying to give him formula and it was making him sick to the point that he couldn't even hold it down. Um, I was making decisions that already weren't mainstream that I felt really, um, scared about making in the first place, but they resonated with me, but I didn't believe in myself enough to not let that doubt. So I was in this perpetual state of wanting a voice to follow of like, so I would read these natural books and be like, okay, well I have to do this. Otherwise I'm fucking up my kid for life. And then I would read the mainstream stuff and be like, oh no, I have to do it this way. Or I'm fucking up my kid for life. And there was all this pressure and I had no idea who to listen to. And I couldn't trust myself because I was thinking about leaving my baby outside, you know? And then when I would kind of start to open up to people, it was like, well, you know, you're really uptight or you're making things harder than they need to be. And it was just validating over and over that I was doing something wrong, that it was actually something wrong with me. So I kept it really quiet. And then it just turned into this generalized depression that eventually brought me to get help. But when I was in the thick of it, it was unidentifiable as postpartum depression. I really, really thought I was just couldn't handle being a mom, that I was like a really flawed human. And um, I felt really alone in that. And I thought that the problem was that we didn't have enough moms talking about how hard it is to be a mom. So when I started my work, I was like, we need to be honest. We need to be talking about this stuff. Why is no one talking about how hard it is? I mean, my kid didn't sleep through the night till he was two. I went two years with less than five nights of full night sleep. I was losing my shit, you know? And I thought the problem was that there weren't enough moms admitting that they were losing their shit. But the problem was that there weren't enough moms taking care of themselves and supporting other women to take care of themselves. The idea of a mom having needs and desires and being a whole human and being allowed to give time and attention to herself, that is the real problem. We don't have enough women talking about that. So I'm excited that we're here talking about it today because that's two more people talking about it. <laughs> that's so important. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank, thank you so much for sharing about uh, your postpartum depression story because it is definitely a shadow piece to being a mom is that we don't talk about it. So everyone thinks that what they're going through is normal when it's not at all. And the statistics for women that get postpartum depression and don't report it are so scary. I think it's like 80% or something that are not treated. They don't even talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. you go to the six week appointment after birth and they ask you, you know, are you feeling depressive thoughts? And of course, so like, uh, I don't know, like, what do you, <laughs> it's like, how is that a screening question for postpartum depression? It's and, and how do you tell your OB? Actually, I did think about leaving him outside last night so that I didn't have to nurse him all night on my like bleeding nipples. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
totally. It's not really a place where you feel safe admitting that, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I couldn't admit. I, I had it with my second as well because I had those, those thoughts that, you know, they're not yours and you just wonder mm -hmm. like, where did that come from? Like, I know I, I would never think that, or I would mm -hmm. never do that, but it is a really scary thing. And, and I, I hope that as many women as possible hear the truth from other women about what postpartum depression is really like. So thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Um, so you said that you, you felt like you lost yourself to motherhood. So I'm really curious, how did you find your way back to yourself? Yeah. So it's been about a two and a half year long journey so far. Mm -hmm. um, once I started getting the counseling and doing the energy healing, I remember my uh, counselor asking me, our goal was to figure out what I wanted in my life, in my relationship, because I actually went to counseling to fix my marriage. I didn't even go to counseling for myself. I put on the, why you're here on my paperwork to fix my marriage. And she's like, you know, you're here by yourself, right? <laughs> and it was the best thing ever because I needed it. I thought the problem was him and our marriage and I was doing all this stuff. I was bending over backwards, killing myself, serving everyone around me. So of course I was like, I'm doing things right. I'm not the problem. And then I went to counseling and realized I had no idea who I was. I had no idea that I was disconnected from myself because I was that disconnected from myself, you know? So I remember sitting on her couch and she's like, so what do you want? And I just <laughs> like froze. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, like, what do you want in your life and in your relationship? And like, well, I want my family to be happy. I want Gus to grow up happy. You know, I want Zach to be happy. She's like, what do you want? <laughs> it took us three appointments, three hour long appointments before I could even logically answer that question. <laughs> and she's like, so finally she's like, well, what, like, what do you like? What do you need? And finally I was just, she's like, what's the first thing that pops into your head? I'm like, it's stupid. I was like, the thing that's coming into my head is the thing I need makes no sense. She's like, well, what is it? I was like, I need to listen to music more because in college, like music was a huge part of my life, but I didn't even listen to music anymore because I wasn't a person. So I didn't do things that people do. <laughs> you know, I made formula and took care of a kid and changed diapers. Like that was what I did. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, start listening to music again. I'm like, this is dumb. How is my need listening to music? Like this really doesn't make sense to me. But I got in the car that day and turned on Pandora for the first time in probably years. And uh, this song came on and the first lines is, hello, my old heart. How have you been? How is it being locked away? And I was just like, oh, I like lost it. I sobbed. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And in that moment, I realized that I had totally lost myself and I was grieving it hard. It was it was difficult, that realization. I understand why I spent so long pushing that realization away and making other people wrong and making my circumstances wrong, you know, because it's, it's a really hard space. It's scary to dive into that. Um, oh shit. I lost myself, yeah. but I'm so glad I did it. It was the most amazing decision I've ever made. <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I, yeah, I think the best place to start is just starting small. And with the first thing that pops into your head, I always tell people the first thing that pops into your head is drinking smoothies in the morning or going for a walk or um, talking to a friend, you know, laughing, like do it. And it will 
you don't have to know how to have that big breakthrough. Like you don't have to know how to fix yourself. All you have to do is learn to listen and trust your inner guide and do it. So if your inner voice, your inner guide tells you go turn on the radio, do it because you're going to hear the perfect song to bring you exactly what you're needing to get you through that transformation that your soul really, really wants, that your heart really wants and desires. Like you don't have to know the way because there's a piece of you that already knows. You just have to tap into her and start to trust her. Yeah. So how would you suggest tapping into her for someone that's like you were and so disconnected, like you had no idea? How would you suggest Mm -hmm. that a mom who would be listening to this could connect and do that? Yeah. If you're that disconnected like I was, I definitely suggest getting that support. Um, Having the support of another woman going through this was the most valuable game changing thing. Like I have had constant support from a woman who is further ahead on this path for the past two and a half years with maybe like a month or so off here and there. And it's been something that like, I've really had to like, it's been scary to say that I need this level of support, but especially in the beginning when you are, um, I remember every time I was asked the question that my inner guide should answer, I would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I had the, I don't knows for like a year. And so I think having someone who can hold your hand and reflect yourself back to you and can kind of hold a mirror and show you your truth and who can guide you through this process is so valuable. Even if it's in the form of like a Facebook group or someone's podcast that you listen to regularly or a book that you start to read. Um, I really, really suggest just committing to creating that relationship with yourself because it does take a lot of work. It does have to become a way of life. Um, And I do, I recommend getting that support and really just daily trying to connect. Even if you get, I don't know, for six months, six weeks, a year, just keep trying. (laughs) And I promise, promise that voice will get louder and more clear. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. That's great advice. Definitely having the support of other women and a sisterhood has been key for my journey as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm curious too. So I'm all about um, internal radiance and, and being a radiant mama. And obviously this is called the multi-orgasmic mama podcast because, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's all about breaking the taboo between mm-hmm. sex and motherhood and how, you know, you, you don't have to give up one to have the other. And so I'm curious about how you really ignited your radiance and passion in life as a mom, because I know that you said that you help women, women find their passion after having kids. If they feel like they've just lost themselves Mm -hmm. completely, you help them reignite that passion. So how do you reignite your passion and your radiance? How have you done that? Yeah. So that was one thing where I had to start small. I had to start with like learning how to find pleasure and enjoyment just in my daily life. So in the foods I ate or the activities that I do, because this is kind of my belief on it is if you don't know what you like to eat, which I didn't, (laughs) if you can't, if you can't like be brave enough to ask for like spaghetti for dinner, if that's what you're wanting you are not going to feel comfortable asking your partner to do that thing they did that time that you really liked and you're hoping they do it again, but you're too embarrassed to talk about it. You're not gonna. like. So if you have to start with taking a bubble bath because you want to and asking your husband or your partner 
or whoever to watch the kids so you can take a 30 minute bath and just be in your body for 30 minutes, that's a beautiful place to start. If you start with, um, I remember for myself just putting lotion on at night. So I would start and just feeling my hands on my own hands was totally new. And it felt like, so once you just kind of can rub your hands together and you can even try it now if you're listening or watching, and when you're like really aware of what your hands feel like on each other, and then you can start to like massage your arms and just start to get to know yourself and what you like. Because if you don't know what you like, you can't ask for what you like. And so for me, tuning into my radiance came second. I had to tune into my like self-love to find, to believe that I was valuable because it's so scary as moms, we feel like we have to take care of everyone and everyone else. So as moms, we're terrified to spend that time and energy on ourselves, right? We're so afraid that people around us are going to feel abandoned by us or like we're selfish. And so we don't do it. But I promise you, if you like dive in and you're willing to invest time in your radiance. So if that means going for a walk or making a smoothie or starting a self-pleasure practice, doing daily breast massage, whatever it is that you start with. Just know that your light and your radiance and your wholeness is a much bigger gift to your loved ones than your selfless service ever could be. Like ever, ever, ever. People want to be around women who are lit up and who are turned on because it's important. When you are whole and when you are radiant and when you are in your, when you love and value yourself in that way, you start to love and value everyone and everything around you in a whole new way. And that is actually what nourishes the people in your life is your light, not your service. Cause when you're lit up and you're turned on, you serve without effort. You know, it just comes natural. Like, Oh, I'm so happy and so full. How can I help you feel the same way? So totally. we're not. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So Radiance and, and being lit up from within is also, um, it, it seems to come after you start to tap into self-love, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And once you start to tap into self-love, you, you start to tap into self-worth. And the mm -hmm. self-worth is really um, what gives you the courage to ask for what you want and the courage to step up and say something and to use your voice, the courage to start the business so that you've always dreamed of having the courage to speak your message to the world. And I know now that you're not with your partner anymore. Right. And right. Yeah. So that was, um, that was one thing that, and so a lot of people, um, can be nervous to follow my path because they're like, well, your path led to getting divorced. But I've seen so many women have guided like so many women through this path who aren't getting divorced. Instead, they are closer and happier than ever in their relationships. But yeah, for me, that was totally part of my path. I was very unhappy in my relationship. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I was, um, I was making him wrong. I blamed him for a lot of mutual problems and my own stuff. But um, yeah, so about a month after I got my Reiki attunement, which was kind of my energy healer journey beginning. I don't know how to, <laughs> how to describe that. But once I like became an energy healer and committed to this path of really committing to myself and finding my self-worth, we separated a month after. 
And at first I was like devastated. This was the worst thing ever. I was horrified about it. But there was a piece of me that felt so much relief. There was a piece of me that knew this is what I had been desiring. But I did not think it was going to be like a long-term thing. I thought we would separate, figure out our stuff, and then be back together. Two years later, we're still separated and uh, working towards being divorced. But it was the thing that I knew in that moment. Okay, at that point, I developed so much trust in my path. And I was only like six months into my journey at this point. But I had learned to trust that inner voice. And that inner voice had told me it was going to be okay. But I had to choose. This is either going to break you or crack you wide open. And so in that moment, I chose for it to crack me wide open. I was like, in this moment, I am choosing to let devastation be the thing that builds me up and creates me into the person that I want to be. Because the person I was when I got separated was not someone that I enjoyed. I did not like that version of myself because it wasn't true. It wasn't me. And so, um, Every time something has happened along the way, you know, if some, you, anytime there's conflict or a new level of heartbreak comes up, I was able to choose again in that moment, okay, this can destroy me or it can build me up. And I think that's been one of the most valuable pieces of this journey is knowing that the really scary, really painful stuff is the stuff that is going, you're going to look back and you can cry smile while you talk about it, you know, <laughs> and the pain of it doesn't really go away. You know, you're never like healed and done, you know? So this morning I'm dropping Gus off at school and I'm like thinking about my postpartum depression and realizing that I needed to talk about it today. And I'm like feeling all the feels, all the emotions are welling up around it. And so I didn't just heal that piece of me and it's gone and I'm better now. Yeah. You know, this journey really gives you tools to manage your emotions and to deal with whatever life turns your way. And it's not about not experiencing pain or not experiencing things that condemn your light. Instead, it's about seeing an opportunity to totally wipe out your light and instead choosing for it to make your light brighter and remembering that that's going to be the outcome. I remember when I started uh, diving into my own sexuality and my hangups um, around sexuality, it was the most terrifying thing. I am, I'm a jade egg teacher for those of you that don't know. And when I first got a jade egg, it literally took me three weeks of like looking at it trying and like attempting to use it like at mm -hmm. least three times before I could even use it. <laughs> and what's the funny thing is, is that once I finally did, it was, it healed so much around my, my sexuality and the guilt and shame around my body and my sexuality as a whole. And it was literally the tool to to help me heal in that area of my life so it's so true that most of the time the things that scare us the most are the things that are going to bring us the most healing so i love what you're saying about that absolutely i know i'm a beginner on that journey you know i've done a lot of the heart healing and now we're in like the sexuality healing for those of you who don't know i've been working with lacy and she's amazing so if you're considering it, do it do it do it but i'm in that point now where when i talk to women and i tell them do the scary thing do the hard thing do the thing that terrifies you because it's going to be amazing i'm also telling myself that like <laughs> telling my mom I'm on a podcast 
<laughs> called the multi-orgasmic mama is going to be interesting, but it's so damn important because this has brought a whole new layer. Like before I started doing this work, I was experiencing so much love and so much like gentle gratitude for my life and people, more compassion, but I wasn't experiencing a ton of happiness, a ton of joy. But once I started diving into this work and started healing around my sexuality and my self-worth, like that is a huge thing that's coming up in this. And so once I've started doing that, yeah, my life has gotten a little messier on the outside, a little more complicated, but it's also so much more filled with joy. Like I do feel like I have, now I have all of this love and I'm cultivating all of this joy to share with people that it's so important. And part of me feels there are days where I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing this work? You know, why am I working on this next piece? Like I'm happy enough at my heart. Like why do I have to go down this path? But then I see the women who like, when I'm lit up around these women, it inspires them and they start working on their own light. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I have to do this because it's so important. We don't have enough women who feel valuable enough to have a light, much less to like, shine that light out you know and it's scary to be one of the ones in a community where it's not super encouraged and to be the one to say this is scary as shit but i'm gonna do it anyways <laughs> because i know it's gonna be amazing yeah and so uh yeah i'm super grateful for you and for your work and that you're you've started this podcast and that you're being the brave one for all of us it's really beautiful <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Lauren and I live in, in Louisiana, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. Um, it's a very uh, conservative place, so our work is it's pretty far out there for a lot of people to be able to handle. So um, just for any, any of you that, that live in places like this, we feel yeah, we know your pain. <laughs> but we're here doing it anyway because it's so important. And you know what you were saying about um, reaching, you know, feeling love, but not really feeling the joy. That's what I found as well. Like I didn't even understand what people would talk about when they would describe a state of ecstasy, like other than, you know, taking drugs or something <laughs> like how do you, how do you tap into ecstasy sober, you know, like yeah. <laughs> how do you get there? And then like, you know, I've been on my own sexual journey for three or four years now, I'm like, oh my God, well, that's how, you know, uh, the thing that we, that we fear the most is the thing that really roots us and brings us back into ourself. And that mm -hmm. allows us to experience those high vibe emotions like ecstasy and multi-orgasmic bliss and all of these things. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it really is. It's so, so true. So if a woman today that's listening is wondering uh, what happened to the passion in her relationship for her sex life um, after having kids in particular, what words of wisdom would you have for her? Hmm. Yeah. And that's like so many women I know. So I'm like, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. My, my biggest piece of advice would be just start getting to know yourself. Don't make it about your relationship at first because your healing has to start with you. Your journey has to start with you. Your pleasure has to start with you. And so uh, I know that this may be uncomfortable advice, but starting a self-pleasure practice 
or even if it's just daily breast massage, I feel like that's like a safe place to start. For me, that felt like a safe space where I didn't feel like I was having to unravel too much taboo. I was like, okay, I could put my hands on my breast. I can do this. It was still scary and still uncomfortable. But um, I think that's a really great place to start because when we start wanting to fix our sex lives, I feel like it's a lot like wanting to fix our relationships. And we go into it with all of this focus still placed outside of ourselves. It's still placed on our spouse and their experience or our co-experience, our experience together. But when you focus on yourself, you're naturally going to bring that into your relationship. You're naturally going to bring that into the bedroom and that will change the joint experience. So it is not about looking outside of you and fixing what's outside of you. It's really about diving in and focusing on yourself and being a little selfish because you're a human, <laughs> like you're a person yeah. who has needs and desires. And the more you can tap into that, the more you'll be able to bring that to your partner and the more you'll allow them to have needs and desires, which alone will make them happier in your relationship and in your, um, in your experiences together. So if you could give women one piece of advice on being a multi-orgasmic mama, what would it be? Oh, it would be to just take that fear by the hand, let it sit next to you, you know, because it feels like you're on a cliff. When you're about to say, yes, I'm a valuable person who deserves pleasure or love or whatever it is you're trying to bring into your life we feel like we have to deal with the fear first and we have to get rid of fear and then we can jump. But it's actually all about letting fear sit next to you. And I like to picture her as like a little girl who's like sitting next to me, like, I'm too scared. We can't do this. This isn't safe. And just letting her know, I know you feel that way and it's totally fine, but you're coming with me. I'm going to hold your hand and I'll keep you safe. And we are doing this together. And just once you give that fear space to be there, it's a lot less scary to actually take the leap. And so I know it's so scary to say yes to yourself. If that means starting your sexual healing journey, if that means diving into your heart and dealing with healing your heart, it's terrifying. I get it. But do it anyways, because it's worth it. That's my biggest tip is just do it anyways. It's so worth it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I get so many women that that come to me and they want to heal their relationship. You know, they want, mm -hmm. they want to want their partners. They want to have desire. They, they desire desire in other words. Yeah. And, and they come to me thinking that they need to work together as a group. And, and I always reflect the same thing that you just said it. It's not about him. It's about you. And it's about your own blockages to, to allowing yourself to experience whatever it is that you want to experience. And then, you know, once you get to a certain point, you can bring him in, but 99% mm -hmm. of the time, women that come to me to fix their relationship, it's not about their relationship. It's about them. <laughs> so once we have <laughs> enough, then we can bring in the partner and, and, you know, deal with any remaining issues. But most of the time they're not even, they're non-existent. So mm -mm. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, a lot of times we expect someone else, like if we're not feeling pleasure in our life, we're like, well, why isn't this person doing enough for me to be feeling pleasure in my life? If you feel unsupported, you feel like the people in your life aren't supporting you well. And so, of course, like I, every single woman 
that has come to me has been not struggling with her relationship and wants to fix her relationship also. And uh, it never, the journey never, we rarely talk about their partner or their actual relationship <laughs> because the, the people in your life and the circumstances in your life are not the things that are making you unhappy or keeping you from experiencing pleasure. It's your own blocks, like you said, your own blocks to being able to experience what you desire. Yeah. And so dive in. It's so worth it. <laughs> dive into you and your stuff. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining me lauren and i i really appreciate you and taking the time to do this with me and if you have any um do you have any upcoming launches that you're doing i do actually so i have a um i am in the mitts in the works of developing a breast massage oil that's going to be used for either breast massage for yourself or baby massage. So it's kind of like this co-beneficial baby mama massage oil. And it's going to be full of like really nourishing oils and some beautiful herbs. And that is going to be coming out in the next, um, I'm going to start sharing more about it, but it'll be coming out in the next few weeks. And then if anyone is ever just looking for general support, I do have a Facebook group where I talk about a lot of this stuff and kind of guide women through the ups and downs of everyday stuff and also share about energy healing and how it can help. So if anyone is interested in joining us there, it is called the Balanced Roots Community, uh, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D, Roots Like a Tree, R-O-O-T-S, Community. Very cool. Thank you yeah. so much. And I'll Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you.